Welcome back to the Hockey House Podcast presented by Selly Hockey Co. Episode 34 coming at you. I'm Murph, joined virtually by Glick and Fitz. Got an awesome episode for you guys and heading back to school now. We'll check in on Glick first. Glick, how's the first couple weeks of classes going? Our tryouts. It was great. It was definitely good to have in-person classes again. A bit of a change from having Zoom, but it's definitely a good change to have. I've always done better actually in person teaching. I mean, my one online class kind of sucks, but you know, it is what it is. How about you, Fitzy? How you doing? Doing good. It's like a uh, a bittersweet. Like I I miss it, but I kind of don't miss it. It's the one time I don't have to go to school anymore, so. I think deep down, I, I'm happy it's it's done because I just couldn't stand it anymore. So I, I, I know you guys are going to you're going to enjoy it. You know, you get to play puck and uh, definitely miss that. But yeah, just sitting around, not doing much here. I've heard back from some former teammates this week and, you know, asking me how, how things are at the house. And I, I can definitely tell that they like see everybody coming back to campus and they, they kind of wish they were part of it, obviously, because last year wasn't wasn't so great. But it's been weird going back to classes in person like my I was telling you guys beforehand but my first class of the day was like lecture hall with probably 250 kids in it was packed I made sure a good student athlete sit at the front of the room get my laptop out take notes but it was definitely an adjustment like I'm so used to just you know logging onto zoom turning your camera off and just you know sitting on your phone for a little bit and with getting back to to hockey uh, you know got to make sure you get the routine going again so do you guys did you get to like opt in to be in class or is it like could you have you know gone on zoom or i know glick you were saying you got one class i think you said online but like did you get the choice between the two or is it like you're just you have to come in for some of them most classes have both in person and online sections at least at temple i don't know how it is at syracuse are there any classes like you have to be in person about nine 96% of the Syracuse population is vaccinated at this point, the school population. So like including staff, faculty, and students. So they sent out a big email the other day and it was basically like, if your class is in person, like you're going, like there's no online option. Some faculty members who don't feel comfortable teaching right now, like have an online option, but they were pretty much, no, like we're going. So like, you know, get to class and everything. At Temple, our classes sizes, I mean, I'm, I've, in mostly upper level courses right now. So the class size are pretty small, but I've had small amounts of people and it's all in big lecture halls. So we've been able to spread out a little bit pretty well. The mask is definitely probably the most annoying part, just having to sit there in it for an hour. But I mean, it's better than sitting in front of your computer. Well, interestingly enough about the masks at the club sports meeting that I attended the other day for Syracuse, they mentioned that under any indoor building that is a recreational facility under the university has a mask mandate, no matter what code if we're code red code green code yellow on campus you still have to wear a mask indoors at a rec facility and so i sent them an email today i was like hey like what does that mean for playing hockey because they had mentioned that like certain clubs like obviously water polo and swimming and diving like those guys don't have to wear masks in the pool so they did mention that and i wasn't trying to play the same card but i was like hey like can we also just take our masks off when we go on the ice like we're like probably like the only rink in the country that sells a mask mandate they're talking it over at the rink and they're going to come up with a solution because I, I understand there's precautions that you have to take but not only would we have to wear a mask but we'd have to email like every team that we play and be like hey just want to leave you guys a heads up like bring your masks this week suddenly Syracuse hockey doesn't have anyone they can play against this year that's like worst case scenario I would hate to see that happen but like I said we're, we're trying to figure it out because that's what we did say we were like hey like we need to compensate for official 
officials and visiting teams. Cause that was my thing is like, if you're a ref and you're trying to pick up games, like why would you pick up a game where you're going to have to wear a mask? So uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how that pans out. I don't know how much you guys have seen of this lately. There was a big thing on ESPN. Do you guys follow IMG Academy? Did you hear about that whole thing? Nope. No, I know the, the Academy, but didn't hear about it. Yeah. So IMG Academy, like very big sports Academy in Florida known for their football. They play a couple games every year on ESPN. And yesterday on Sunday, as we're recording this, IMG Academy football played Bishop Sycamore, a academy from Canton, Ohio is where they say they're from. And as the game's going on, IMG Academy is just like blowing this team out. And the team had said that they had like division one commits on the team and like really good players. And like, obviously the game is on national TV. So everyone was watching it. And as the game kept going, people kept looking up more stuff about this Bishop Sycamore school and like it turns out it's just like a fake school like all the players were guys who dropped out of juco and like didn't have a team to play on apparently they go to an online school and the only sport the school has is football the coach is a convicted felon they have no recruits and they lost 56 to nothing and like espn had to like come out and be like we didn't know this like they they completely scammed espn so it got me thinking like how does this relate to the acha as all things in the world it's just like that you you couldn't even pull that off in the ACHA. Like we've talked about this many times. Like the ACHA is very strict about being affiliated with the school before you get to play. And you joke like that would be something that happens in the ACHA. But I just thought it was hilarious that on national TV, like ESPN just kind of got embarrassed because they put on this like schoolyard football team. I don't know what you guys think about that. They would have been sick if they won, though. They pull off the upset and then it's like they, they themselves come out and like literally say like, yeah, we're, we're we played all of you guys like we're literally nobody. <laughs> I definitely like saw the headline somewhere but now that I've actually know the full story. It's even funnier than what the headline said. It reminds me of uh, what's the, I think it's the movie Longest Yard. For some reason, I just think of that when you said the coach is a convicted felon. I was like, what? <laughs> it's straight out of Longest Yard. That's what it sounds like. But like it got me thinking like all those times you show up to a rink and you're just like, who the heck are we even playing? And then like, I, I guess that could happen in the ACHA. You show up and you like think you got an easy game against some D3 team and they have like all kids who didn't make the varsity team just like joking around like it's beer league, sandbagging it. Uh, on the other note, I did see there's been a couple teams. I wanted to get your guys' opinion, obviously on the on the theme of me going to some club sports meetings and getting some more knowledge as we head into the season. A couple teams have released their jerseys lately and I don't want to name names, because I know like certain schools have certain rules, but the teams that have jerseys that say club hockey on them, like that's an issue that we got to get to the bottom of. I understand, like I said, certain schools have rules about like you need to identify that this is a club sport. But like even if they were a varsity hockey team, they wouldn't put the word hockey on the jerseys. You guys know what I'm saying? Like that's just the most ridiculous part. Like I, I've seen teams that put club hockey on their jerseys and I know some of them it's not their fault, but that's just a wild move. And it fits. I think you can touch on this because you had the whole it's got to be called hockey and IU, correct? Yeah, we, we had to change around like our Instagram and Twitter handles, they got pretty weird about it, but I agree with you. You got to you got to try everything in your power to make sure that your jersey doesn't have club hockey written on it. Yeah, like I get that, you know, some of your apparel might have it written on it, but like 
you can't have the game jerseys say club hockey on them. See, my question is, is that are these schools that have an NCAA program? Because that's the only time I would ever understand why it'd be appropriate. Other than that, like literally stick the first letter of your school name on a jersey. It doesn't even have to match the font. Like that would, that would be better than saying club hockey on the front. Yeah, I totally agree. There's got to be a way around it. My brother played at Michigan. So like obviously they have a D1 squad there and he played ACHA and they just had their jersey say like Michigan, like diagonally down the front of it. But like, they didn't say club hockey. Like there's got to be ways around it. Yeah, I agree. And like talking with Doug from Rebirth Sports, who I'm sure we're going to get on at some point. We've been talking about it for almost a year now, but he's a big proponent of like the Tampa Bay Lightning have a logo that says like Tampa Bay Hockey Club. And so he uses that as like a prime example for teams that have to do that as like a way like, oh, like here's how you get around it. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending two time Stanley Cup champions, like they do it on their logo. It's fine. So like that's one way to get around. it. I think teams just maybe aren't that smart about it and kind of shoot themselves in the foot and don't don't fight it. Or you just put in like really small fonts like underneath the logo, like club hockey, so no one can see it. <laughs> it's there. You, can, you can't get mad at us. And it's so frustrating because I like I've been in the shoes of every guy who has to send an email to like the club sports people and be like, hey, can we get this approved on a shirt? And the annoying thing is they make it so hard for students that already go and pay to go to that university. That's the thing that I can't like Wouldn't you. It's free advertising for your university if somebody's wearing that merchandise no one's gonna wear merchandise that blatantly says club hockey on it that's my rant for today Speaking of guys who have had to go through everything to get a club sport going we've got an awesome interview with the boys from Baylor University Baylor went without a club hockey team for a really long time and they are coming back for the 2021 2022 season and uh, this is an interview we've been planning for a while now and we're more than happy to have the boys on so we'll cut to that right now. We're pleased to be joined by two members of the Baylor University hockey program, Vice President Blake Bonner and head coach Joseph Crump. Guys, welcome to the Hockey House. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us, guys. Hey, we're, we're psyched to have you guys, and this is such a cool opportunity to have you guys on the podcast. We've had a lot of firsts recently, but this is the first time we've ever had a, a program on that hasn't necessarily played a game in a while, so we're excited to have you guys on. Yeah, man, been about 10 years, so uh, you know we'll show them how it's done. To get started, I guess Blake will go, like, what's the summer been like for you? Has there been a lot of preparation going into this, and are you excited to get it going finally? Yeah, summer's been a little crazy. I mean, this has been going since about January. You know, not a knock against the school. School, but I guess a knock against the school stuff's taken about seven months to get approved. Applied in January, you know, didn't hear a thing back about email till what July. You know, designed jerseys, did the whole deal, got all the suppliers, got all the all the guys together, all the tryouts, all the schedule, rinks, everything. You know, hotels. We're about two hours away from the nearest rink, so you got to make do. But uh, yeah, summer's been kind of wild with the full time job and all that. Blake, why don't you start and then we'll, we'll go to Joe first. Like, how did you end up at Baylor and what was your hockey career like growing up? I played a lot of. Uh, uh, kind of double A, you know, nothing crazy. DFW, Texas guy, just out here doing the thing. Third line, doing whatever I do, uh, grinding it out. And then we played some, I played with like some AAA guys for a bit, but you know, nothing, nothing truly to talk about. Uh, ended up at Baylor. Honestly, wish I had a better story. Uh, stopped playing hockey around what, second year, 16U. Thought I could forget about it. Lo and behold, now I'm here. Been here for what, five years. I'm a grad student. Now we're just looking to get the program started and God, I miss hockey. Yeah, I just doesn't want to leave Baylor. Joe, how did you end up in this position? Because obviously your hockey career is a little bit different from Blake's. You want to kind of describe your 
college career and now how you ended up at Baylor? I grew up in Dallas, born and raised, and left home at 13. Start of eighth grade to go billet out of state. First year I played out of state was in Phoenix, Arizona with the Arizona Bobcats. Shout out to Austin Matthews, low average player. Went from there up to Penticton, British Columbia at OHA, and that was a really good experience. And kind of, I wanted to come back to the States because my rights were at the Edmonton Oil Kings in the Western League. And you know, there for a while, obviously, when you're so young, that's what you want to do. And you get a little bit older and you realize that college is probably the way to go and get your education. And so ended up going out to Buffalo, New York, played for Matthew Barnaby. I'm sure you guys may or may not have heard that name. Not enough good things to say about him and kind of bounced around from there, went down to guess from what Buffalo, I went to Omaha and ended up playing for the Stars Elite. And went from there and tried to start it up in juniors and go out to Richmond and played there in the USPHL. And from there, went up to the uh, CCHL and then pedaled on to Michigan. And that was, you know, I I guess I was going through vestibular therapy after my sophomore year for my brain. Uh, Six concussions later, you know, kind of banged up up there and wasn't really getting to where I wanted to be to feel comfortable getting back on the ice and stuff like that. So ended up transferring to Baylor and, you know, here now and kind of ready to get back around the game and be on the other side of things. I'm really excited to coach for once. It's, you know, it's an experience that not too many people get to have, especially while you're still in school. So it'll be really fun. But that's that's pretty much the story how I ended up here. Joe, we'll go right back to you with this next one. What was your welcome to the ACHA moment? When you got to Michigan, I got buckled by Cronwall's nephew. Guy's like six five. I don't even remember where he played, but like I definitely had a fractured rib. Blake, back to you. You're welcome to the ACHA moment. What has that been like? Talking with the league and getting that all sorted out and kind of contacting other teams. I haven't had a uh, physical, just getting obliterated. Welcome to the ACHA moment. I mean, those guys are pretty brutal on the emails, so it's kind of welcome to club hockey. Might as well be dealing with you know a bunch of volunteer parents on the little league baseball team. So we're getting it all together. But I think the welcome to the ACHA moment so far has just been. I mean, every team that I've even heard of so far, uh, except for like what Texas Tech is, they at least have a rink within an hour. It's kind of a preliminary moment having to put hotels in the budget just to be able to you know get to games that are our home games thanks for coming on boys great to have some texas guys here let's start with the rink situation i was reading in one of your articles that you guys are going to be practicing on rollerblades how is this going down so the roller rink is is a far cheaper and b far closer you know there may or may not be a disco ball involved we just get the strap on the old the old blades and somebody forgets them i guess they can rent them from the guy it's just you got to do what you got to do and we can't go around not having practice and we have tryouts on saturday our first games in two weeks that gives us two practices and you know we got to have a power play we got to have a penalty kill we got to have a breakout any skating is a lot better than running around a field for a little bit so we're just grateful to have what we have and be able to get some shots in so you guys gonna be having tryouts then at the roller rink or you're gonna be going all the way to the the ice rink for tryouts we'll go to the ice rink for tryouts we're going down to austin uh every rink's about 80 miles away and so it's just kind of pick your poison which direction you want to go in you talked about this a little bit but like you said you guys are already talking with the stars and trying to figure out like hey this maybe this rink situation in texas and what we can do to better it and make hockey more accessible for everybody yeah i guess i should probably explain that uh my background and in, in may not be illustrious as far as hockey is concerned but i'm a graduate student in business getting my mba a uh, bit of a sales guy a bit of a guy that's not afraid to send a ballsy email i just decided to reach out to the front office of the dallas stars called the secretary and said hey what's up i'm vice president of baylor ice hockey that 
doesn't mean a damn thing to anybody except for us. But then she sent me through, talked to the senior vice president, and then gave him enough information for him to start doing some research. And, you know, a guy sent us an email back a few weeks ago saying, hey, we've talked about it in the front office and we've already pitched to the city a new development guy in city sports. And so he really wants a new project coming in. We might be a little bit in over our heads, but, uh, you know, welcome to the ACHA, right? Definitely. I mean, that's that's wild to think that who knows what down the road, what Baylor hockey will do for the state of Texas in terms of, you know, rinks and accessibility. So that's really cool. You know, big opportunity for the community. But it said in the article that you, you had over 70 people sign up for coming out to tryouts. How are you going to you know, like handle that? We, we put on an interest form and interest form had, you know, somewhere between 76, 78 responses. We, we kind of had to sift through those. You know, there's a lot of people that just go, oh, hockey team, that sounds fun, but I've never played before. And or don't have any gear or anything like that. And so you kind of take out, you know, a good portion of the list. And uh, we actually had a guy that I think is a D lineman on our division one football team uh, hit us up and say, Hey, I want to play ice hockey. And I'm like, buddy, look, like I really, you know, refrigeration's cool. I don't know if anything's holding you up. Uh, we're expecting 30, 35 to come out to tryouts. So it's a lot more manageable of a number. You know, you got to get down to 21 and that's the roster. Turns out a lot of these older guys, you know, have other things they need to do before driving two hours out every other weekend. So uh, I think the numbers are going to work out just fine and try are going to be, you know, see who we can get and cut who we don't want. Like, how did you guys, did you look at what had previously been done at Baylor Hockey like 10 years ago, what rink they played at, how they made it work, and how much of that did you consider when you guys were bringing this back? Yeah, I actually have a class with one of the guys that was on the old team, on the last team that played. Uh, we ended up getting a roster of guys and phone numbers to be able to call them and, and see what they did. And honestly, the reason why it died is because they were in 2010. I think they were practicing two or three times a week in Austin, you know, driving two hours all the time and trying to make that commitment. And it's expensive. A lot of what we did was was look at what they were doing and just kind of mold it to what's actually feasible. When I have a problem at Syracuse with the club sports people in organizing something, like I can go back to like former captains that I've played with. Yours is way more interesting because you're contacting guys who played 10 years ago that you don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I know one guy wasn't the captain, wasn't leadership by any means. Contacting him is, you know, just about as good as contacting my dad. You know, dude doesn't know anything about the administration we've gone through. I mean, I'm sure Baylor has a fantastic reputation to the rest of the country. And so what that means is that we have anything having to do with anything athletic, including club sports is 100% new faculty. It's gone through a, a complete transformation since any of those guys have even played. So we're kind of just writing our own rule book. And that's really the goal is to be able to pass it on to the next guys and, you know, give them something that they can reference back on. Blake, when designing the uniforms and coming up with the strategy, what did you kind of look to draw from? Were you looking at at, you know, football uniforms, baseball uniforms, because you had a clean slate to start here. Right. And I mean, that's a little intimidating too, but that's actually how the whole team idea got started because all I've wanted since freshman year, I didn't have big enough dreams. I wish the president, uh, Daniel Atkins was with us right now, but my aspirations ended at getting a hockey jersey made. And so I looked around for suppliers, manufacturers, and just like for a group buy and designed these jerseys based off our football uniforms that are all brand new. We got this deal with Nike. So we got new colors new designs, new fonts, everything. My buddy Dan hits me up and says, hey, I'm starting this hockey team. I don't know him from Adam. I was like, he's like, can I use your jersey designs? I'm like, yeah, it'd be fantastic. And then we get to it 
don't use those designs. Uh, start arguing about the team. And then we was like, okay, we have everything set up. We just need a jersey. The next day, some dude hits us up on Instagram and says, oh, if Baylor ever made a hockey team, this is what their jersey should look like. And that's what you see today. That's crazy. Because I think, do you remember the name of the account? Because there's like there's a couple of accounts out there that design hockey jerseys for schools that don't have. And they, they seem to always tag us. They're pretty cool. That's bros underscore design, B-R-O-Z underscore design. And so he did a whole big 12 series. And he said, yeah, if Baylor ever made a team, I know they used to have a team. Here you go. And that happened to be the day after where that was our main argument is, okay, we have a whole team set up. Now we just need unis. That's awesome. And so the time period of this happening too is pretty on par with Baylor winning the men's basketball championship, is it not? Yeah, that was the last thing of last semester. You know, you take that momentum, you rock it in. And, you know, I was on the I was on the lacrosse team last year and we actually got a lot of attention from USA Lacrosse, just congratulating us for their success. Now being able to ride on those coattails and just tell everybody that we're an elite athletic program, even though we have nothing to do with the basketball team, works out well in our favor. In playing lacrosse at Baylor, has that given you any more experience coming into this? It's brought a lot of experience to go back to the question about what do I do about club sports is that this guy, Joseph, and my buddy Dan, they've never played club sports at Baylor before. And so a lot of the stuff involving licensing for the jerseys and suppliers and getting all the administrative stuff put together. It's been really nice that I've been able to have those guys as resources from the lacrosse team to be able to use what they do because that's a team that's been together for, you know, 30, 40 years at this point. What's it been like then becoming a coach? I know you said you're excited for the season. I'm sure you had to go through like getting your your coaching card and all that stuff. What are you looking forward to, you know, with with the season coming up? It's been really crazy um, just for me to be kind of thrown into everything that's going on. I mean, really, Blake and Dan have built this thing from the ground up. This is their baby and just to be trusted with the keys to that and kind of drive it it's it's been a blessing but you know what I'm looking forward to I think at first from what I understand these guys were just hoping that we'd even have you know enough guys to field like four lines and obviously whoever's not you know yeah 10 guys I think is what you guys were shooting for and just kind of like going through the uh you know the trial forms that has been or I guess a link that's been in our bio and the feedback that we've gotten from that we have guys coming in from like New England prep schools and stuff like that that just never wanted to go give like juniors a run just realizing that we're actually going to have some guys that have played at a pretty pretty high level and that's probably the one thing that I'm most excited for is just to be able to work with them and hopefully turn this thing into a winning season yeah I'm excited to see how you guys do you say that people are going to be you know coming out you just completely sandbag them like oh yeah you know we just created this team and then you got all these guys from like Boston and New England area you just wreck them I love that yeah we've also had what I guess quite a few uh new jersey kids is that right like a bunch two, of triple a right. kids that we've had come in minnesota guys too right yeah. yeah we actually have a minnesota girl believe it or not she's pretty high level from what we understand so we're excited to see her at tryouts this upcoming weekend that's awesome i think the most exciting part about this is and you go back to talking about you know having roller hockey practices because obviously it's way cheaper but like here at syracuse the year before i got here they beat liberty in the conference championship game and liberty is obviously the powerhouse of the acha and so they always used to joke oh like we beat liberty in the conference championship game their school like funds their acha team like and they're getting beat by syracuse like now you guys get have the opportunity to walk into some of these rinks and beat up on these other teams from texas and be like hey we had roller hockey practice on thursday night and we just beat you yeah we're super excited for that 
I know, uh, I mean, being around Texas hockey and growing up in it, I know, you know, a lot of guys at DBU, uh, shout out Brock and, you know, some guys at what Texas State. So we're really excited to get in those games. Even A&M, they're kind of the powerhouse of Texas hockey so far. They're uh, definitely the most funded program probably in the state, I would Well, DBU is fully funded. East Texas Baptist is fully funded. A&M has, you know, they have access to their whole rink so they can sell sponsorships on the wall. They have, you know, all this stuff. I think they have jersey sponsors too. And I don't know what the school does for them, but I know they're the biggest club sport at A&M. For any Baylor perspective players that might be listening, what are you going to be looking for at tryouts this Saturday? It's mainly just about who wants to be here, who wants to compete. And, you know, we'd love to have as much skill as we can, but um, just kind of in the nature of just starting off the program for the first time in 10 years, we're kind of playing the playing the cards we have dealt to us right now, but just hoping that everybody shows up ready to go and in shape. That's that's all we can really ask right now. Just some buy-in and some cardio. Do you have a suit picked out for opening night? Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't. Do I have to wear a suit? I. You don't have to wear a suit. I didn't know if you're gonna make us. We can go into that next about you know how much we know about the ACHA. No, I. I think yeah, I'll want to look nice. Maybe maybe a pea coat because I know I know the rink we're playing in is is very well taken care of and it's one of the newest star centers or no, it is the newest. It is the so newest, yeah. hopefully it's uh, nice and cold in there and the ice is good and hard. So throw on a pea coat, nothing too crazy. We'll see what happens. Game game time decision there. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a pea coat on the bench. It's a solid look. Power move. Yeah, absolute power move. You got to do a game, Peaky Blinders. You have to. <laughs> Man, I love it. All right, well, hey, Joe, we'll let you go. Thanks for joining us, and good luck this season behind the bench. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it, guys. We're just, you know, out here trying to grow the game in and, and Waco, and appreciate you guys for facilitating that. It means a lot. Thanks, Joe. Keep Keeping it going with Blake here. He, he has some questions about the ACHA. I think I think we're going to get interviewed now, Murph. Yeah, I think this is a good this is a good uh, moment for the podcast. We've turned it over. Blake's been here long enough, battled through some technical difficulties. Uh, he's got the microphone, and we're going to sit back and answer here. All right, fellas, don't be intimidated. Don't worry, I'll be on the fourth line. I've promised plenty of people I'm fighting in College Station. That's about all I'm good for in this league. However, I have people lined up just in case, but do we have to have a national anthem singer? I'm going to answer yes. I think especially in the state of Texas, one that is very patriotic, I think it would be disrespectful not to have an anthem singer. Didn't know if it was an Oxcord kind of deal. Oh, no. No, no, no. Hold. Let's rewind there. You do not need an anthem singer. You still need to play the anthem, put it. Oh, of course. Play the, yeah, play the anthem. But like I've heard, I've listened to y'all before. Are we doing aux chords? Are we having a singer? I've heard some boys belt it out. Opening night, let's get a singer. Otherwise, I think just the aux chords are it. I think you save the anthem singer for the bigger games. Like, who who's going to be a huge rival this year? You bring in an anthem singer for those games. Sick. Okay, yeah. We actually started up uh, Oklahoma State's team as well. They asked us, uh, I, you know, I, I was at an open hockey, met some guys, and I was like, hey, you want to play? Well, he's at Oklahoma State, wishes they had a team. We told him how to start a team. And so I guess we'll just keep it in the family for the family game and and, uh, we'll have a singer for that one. That's awesome that you inspired Oklahoma State to get a team. Their unis are sick. Check them out. Uh, OK State Hockey on Instagram. But you got to grow the game however you can. And I think that's what the ACHA is all about, is bringing hockey to all these universities that wouldn't necessarily have a team and allowing teams as a club sport a legitimate league to play in that legitimizes the sport. How long do you guys get for warm-ups? Another great question. I think it varies. I you know This is a question I wish I knew off the top of my head and and this is where we're missing Herm here because he worked 
behind the booth at Ohio for so many years. I want to say it's close. It, you know, it varies from anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, depending on the rink. I see Fitz nodding his head. I think he I think he agrees with me there. Yeah, some rinks, then you'll have to decide, like, if you're going to cut the ice after warm-ups. So, like, warm up for 12 minutes, get off the ice, cut the ice, and then go into the game. Or if you're going to cut the ice before warm-ups and then just go right into the game. That's pretty much, like, up to the rink, I guess. These are the things that, uh, that I need to know. You mentioned prior to us talking that you guys were going to go down and check out another ACHA game in Texas. What game are you guys going to? Yeah, we'll be hitting up the uh, Texas State at UT this Saturday at, uh, I think it's what, 8.30 at Chaparral. So we're looking forward to seeing kind of how a game works and, you know, see how aggressive the ACHA is and see how tough I have to be. Uh, what's the Happy Gilmore quote? 364 days till hockey tryouts. I got to be ready, right? Exactly. And I am going to be curious how many guys on Texas State do the horns down after they score. I feel like that's probably pretty... I, th- I I feel like that happens a lot against UT. I feel like you can't have a hockey game without doing horns down. I mean, it doesn't matter if UT's there or not. Texas hockey, it's all solidarity, right? That's another thing you guys got to figure out. Goal horn and goal song for you guys. I always, Indiana, wanted to go with our uh, our fight song, but nobody ever wanted to listen to me. So Our fight song is very slow and very boring. So... <laughs> We'll probably just use something obscene. Who knows? Yeah, you got to find a song that, you know, a lot of people, maybe a song that gets people in Waco going. Like, I don't know if there's a, a song you play on campus that everyone everyone knows the words to. You got to find that song, make it your goal song. I think maybe you can't go wrong in Texas with maybe playing the Dallas Stars horn. It's a pretty good goal horn or you come up with something original. So lots of options there. But I, I agree with Fitz. That's another must have. There we go. I mean, hey, we'll add it to the list, right? We're not busy. You got a million other things going on. It's like, oh, geez, we got to pick out a goal horn now. <laughs> just a grad student guy. I mean, hey, Joe had to hop off just to work on some assignments due at midnight. So, you know, it is what it is, right? We appreciate Joe coming on and, and, and giving his insight. And it was awesome having him and we'll let him get to his schoolwork. But you want to talk a bit about kind of how you guys have been growing the game. I know you talk about OK State getting a team, but in terms of talking with you know, people in Texas about building these rinks. What have those conversations been like? Yeah, we've had uh, we've had some conversations with the Dallas Stars. Just kind of one of those full send deals where you figure out who knows the information that you don't know, and you ask them for help. And you know, maybe they'll call you back, and maybe it's the senior vice president of the Dallas Stars who happens to be in charge of who or where rinks go. Uh, I know College Station is getting a Star Center soon. The newest ones in Mansfield, a uh, very similar city to Waco. So we've actually had meetings where we're trying to get one in Waco. Uh, I guess. And goal being, you know, something really similar to Amarillo Bulls, Odessa, Odessa Jackalopes, where we kind of become what the city rallies around. I mean, look what look what the Knights did for Vegas, uh, being able to make them a sporting city when nobody ever thought they were before. And so we're trying to get that for Waco, grow the game. You know, uh, Waco wants to grow. Waco wants to, you know, be on the map for more than just Fixer Upper, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Shout out to them. But that's the, that's just about the only thing the white girls want to come to Waco for. So you might as well give them a hockey game to watch while they're there too. Well, now I, I saw a form I, I can apply to be an ice girl for you guys oh you can yeah no <laughs> real spicy no uniform required you know encouraged maybe but no we didn't make that that's uh our president dan's friend decided that there's what 40 50 girls not kidding 40 50 girls that heard about the team randomly and in, in whatever way and decided they wanted to make a little fan club i mean they made us uh some marketing materials for our little recruitment nights and i think they're going to paint us a banner and i've heard such things as even being made baked goods and that's not by request they're just doing it you might need them to dress up for some games if you're 
short some guys. Yeah. Well, actually, funny enough that you say that is uh, we're planning on being a co-ed team so far. We have about two girls trying out. I think we mentioned a, uh, a girl from Minnesota playing AAA. And that's something that, you know, we, we come out with concern because we're playing Texas Tech, not to rag on those guys, but, you know, we don't want anybody getting hurt. And uh, at, at very least, she'll be a part of the team as an assistant coach. I was going to ask you, you said uh, Texas Tech there. What's the like the team you're looking forward to playing the most this upcoming season? Uh, I think our big game this year is going to be TCU. Uh, TCU, we play the night before Baylor plays TCU in football. And that's our big rival. That's our, you know, you go hard. We hate those guys. I don't even know. That's the Michigan, Ohio State, but not as big of a deal just to give a Northern reference. But yeah, we're really excited to play those guys. I think we have our eyes set on A&M just because they're, they're the standard. They are what everybody wants to be. And so we look at them and, and like you mentioned earlier with you guys beating Liberty, you know, it's like they may not be school funded as far as we know, but they're known as the best guys in the, in the league and we're looking forward to playing against them. And so as, as you Getting closer and closer to the season, is there anything else you're looking forward to? Obviously, you've you spent a lot of time at Baylor now, and as you kind of close out your college career, but you're starting this new chapter for somebody else, what are you looking forward to the most this year? Uh, I think that this is something we and uh, my president, Dan, have talked about, is that our finish line is stepping out the gate for warmups on the first day, wearing Baylor gold. Uh, it's something that we really want, and we're actually anticipating a few fans to be there. I say a few. I mean, hopefully it's in the hundreds. Who knows? Our, our starting line is really the finish line for me. I'm, I'm starting this for other guys. I'm not going to be here the whole time. I'm not a freshman. I'm not going to see four years of the program growing. So that's something I really look forward to is just seeing what we can do and getting out there and, you know, getting back to competitive hockey. I'm just trying to get rocked by some 18 year olds, you know, obviously Friday night lights. It just comes to my mind. You keep mentioning Odessa. Who's going to play Blake in the Friday night lights version of Baylor hockey. Once this all comes full circle, you guys are a successful program. Which actors play in Blake? Well, Crump, you know, gave a little shout out to Matthews. I think, you know, I barely heard of the guy, uh, average player at best. I think give me a mustache and send Matthews out there, give him a Bonner jersey and we'll have a time. Love that. Talking about the social media strategy that's gone into it, I think uh, Friday Night Ice could be a uh, a play for you guys, you know, in Texas that might work. But w- what's kind of gone into the thought process behind the social media? Because there was no social media and then you guys, like the jerseys, you had to start it up and, and figure everything out. That's been something that's really just come together for us. I think Friday Night Ice, I might be stealing that one. We'll talk about it. You know, I got a few meetings with a few partnerships, so we'll see if, uh, if they want to hashtag first, but that might be something we have to go with. Uh, we're actually super fortunate to be you know, people are really excited about it. You wouldn't think that uh, people in Central Texas would be too pumped about hockey. But, you know, we actually have a whole media team now. We have, you know, multiple on video, multiple on photo. We got a full-time graphic designer. And so that's what you're really seeing on the Instagram. And I think just the hype behind you know, the new team in town, uh, even Oklahoma State's seen a little bit of success too, is that we had 450 followers before our first post. We were up to a thousand followers after our second post. And then now it probably grows 10% every two weeks. I think we're about to cross 1500 sometime soon, but it's really been a thing where, you know, we get the graphic designer, we make sure we have that all set and put together and just something we've been super fortunate with. We'll have a, uh, a documentary like you guys talked about with NC State by the end of the year. And I think there's a lot of uh, stuff that you'll be looking forward to seeing from uh, our social media team. I think the roller hockey, you just, you have to capitalize on that. I, I think Mighty Ducks right away. You get, you know, TCU or AM to come and throw on the blades and play out in the, in the roller rink too. I think that that's phenomenal. I think we can duke it out. We'll figure it out, right? Find me an outdoor rink. We'll flying V. No, I think you guys need a promo video like in the Mighty Ducks when they're all rollerblading around and like 
but it could be you, Blake, rollerblading around campus, like gathering the guys for your first game. I think that's a cool promo video. And then at the end, it cuts Friday Night Ice. Baylor hockey's back. I mean, geez, I'm just going to write that one down right now. Yeah, get a, get a pen and paper. <laughs> Listen, buddy, 2021, I haven't used a pen and paper since 2007. Yeah, no, that's, that's honestly a fantastic idea. It's something that we've thought of so far. We announced our uh, Celsius Energy Partnership with a video on ice, and I think it's only, it's only right that we capitalize on some beautiful Waco sunsets, uh, getting the boys together take it down to McLean, hop in a van, go to DFW. Love it. Well, hey, Blake, thanks for joining us. We're really looking forward to it. There's a couple teams in the ACHA this year that are going to have big seasons and a lot to look forward to. And I think you guys, you have a clean slate, a whole new book and a whole new chapter written on, on Baylor hockey. So it'll be awesome to see. Once again, thank you to Blake Bonner and head coach Joseph Crump for coming on the show. Awesome perspective they had to offer about what Baylor hockey has been going through in this past year and how they're trying to grow the game in the state of Texas, a state where, um, well, as we heard, you travel great distances just to find a rink. But like I said, it's awesome to see them growing the game of hockey in places that maybe haven't really seen that much of it. And in terms of growing the game of hockey, Selly Hockey Co. has dropped some new hat designs and shirt designs in honor of some these places that maybe don't see hockey that often and so selly hockey co has the hawaii hat it's a new hat design it celebrates one of the rare states without college hockey the hawaii snapback comes in two styles white and shaved ice be sure to check it out at sellyhockeyco.com they also have a new sweatshirt and shirt design jamaica hockey which is an interesting one be sure to check that out also available sellyhockeyco.com and for the latest updates Check them out on Instagram at sellyhockey.co. Awesome interview we had with the guys from Baylor. Fitz, what are some of your takeaways? I think that it's awesome what they're doing. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to play the game of hockey for as long as they can until they get the jersey ripped off or the skates ripped off from them. For Blake to, you know, build this knowing full well that, you know, he's a grad student, so he's not going to be able to see this, you know, four years through. And it's going to take some time for, you know, the program to build and get to uh, ultimately where they want it to be. The fact that he's willing to to, you know, just step up and get the the ball rolling on it all. I think that's really cool. Something that the, the freshmen that are, you know, current freshmen there, they may not uh, appreciate it for for what it is, you know, this this season, but somewhere down the road, they're going to look back and that's a guy that, you know, you'll want to thank because, you know, he's, he's putting this all together for them. I think it's amazing that they're going to be practicing in rollerblades and then going out and playing these teams on ice. It's just something that sounds like something out of a movie. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's really cool to see him coming, bringing it all together. You, you know, this is something maybe you would expect from an underclassman who just showed up on campus and they don't have a club that they're looking for and so they start a hockey club and no he started this his senior year and now he's doing a grad year and he's still helping with this process and it was really cool kind of him talking about how his finish line is someone else's starting line really cool perspective uh just for clarification the quick jab he had at me when i said he should write down my idea on a piece of paper i'm a big write down a piece of paper guy i i i lose stuff when i type it out and put it somewhere i yeah it's See, Fitz, I think you agree with me, right? Yeah, we went to iPads when I was a senior in high school and they went all iPads and I was like the only guy walking around with notebooks because I was like, I, I can't I can't do it. I got to write it down. You just remember it easier and you, you know where you put it. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's harder to take notes in class when the professor's going, you know, pretty quickly, but you can always go back and write it down later. I'm the kind of guy that gets sidetracked and I'm playing Madden Mobile 
if if you put the iPad in my hands. I'm not taking notes anymore. For those of you still listening, this is the rare post-game show with just Fitz and I, which is interesting. We knew we were going to be without Glick recording the second half of the show, but we didn't expect to lose Herm tonight battling technical difficulties. But as always, we thank him for all he does behind the scenes with us. Herm is the GOAT. David Herman. We wouldn't be here without him. That being said, Fitz, as, as we wrap things up here, what is one bus ride that stands out to you? Talking to the guys from Baylor, obviously there's going to be a lot of travel this season. What's a bus ride that you vividly remember for being really long? Yeah, that's insane what the Baylor guys are going to be taking on. But for uh, the Indiana guys, my freshman year, we went down and played Alabama's, I believe it was their D1 ACHA team. Sick rink once you get there, the Pelham Civic Center or something like that. I, I don't remember how, exactly how long the ride was, but yeah, that's definitely the the longest bus ride I had while I was at IU. How about you, Murph? My longest bus ride got broken up. So driving from Syracuse to Lynchburg, Virginia to play Liberty, we left on a Thursday night, drove four and a half hours to Pennsylvania, stayed in a hotel, woke up on Friday morning, drove the second half of the trip and played the Flames that night. I want to say we lost four to one with an empty netter that night or no, four two with an empty netter that night. And then we lost four one the next morning, but we did not break up the trip on the second half. Lost to Liberty and and maybe a two o'clock game, got on the bus. We had Bojangles, catered. I remember having a Bowberry biscuit and then just sitting on it for a nine hour bus ride back to Syracuse. I can't remember what time. It, I, I want to say we got back there at like close to three in the morning, but it was a it was a long bus ride. Some upperclassmen may have enjoyed it a little too much, but uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But it, it was a memorable bus ride, but also a very long one and driving through the dark all the way back to Syracuse was not very fun. So I certainly do wish the boys in Baylor the best of luck this year and, and all their travel and endeavors because uh, they're in for a long one. But I, I am very excited to hear that they are going to document as much as they can, because I think like you mentioned, Fitz, this is something out of a movie and, it, and it's very exciting. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity, you know, for the the Bears, the social media opportunity. You and Herm are, are gods around that stuff, you know. I just show up on Tuesdays and talk a little bit for the podcast. I'm sure you guys, you know, you're seeing what's going on there. You're chomping at the bit. A lot of opportunity there for social media and just to grow their following and, you know, continue to bring hockey back to the community there. Yeah, content content, content. And, you know, I would be remiss if I did not mention that we, we should have talked about the Portland Sea Dogs a little more now that it was just me and you on the show together. But I guess we'll save that for another day. We'll have to bring Ryan on at some point. I think they dropped two today. They had a, a double header. I think they lost both of them. So that's a shame. Well, on that note, folks, we're going to wrap things up based on the Sea Dogs dropping two today. Once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. We're so excited to get this season underway and we can't wait for you guys to join us. Thanks, boys. Thanks, boys.